Today's reading is from Psalm 118. Psalm 118, the first 14 verses. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his love endures forever. Let Israel say, his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his love endures forever. In my anguish I cried to the Lord and he answered by setting me free. The Lord is with me, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is with me, he is my helper. I will look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord I cut them off. They surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord I cut them off. They swarmed around me like bees, but they died out as quickly as burning thorns. In the name of the Lord I cut them off. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. That's the word of the Lord. It's good to be here. Let's just pray. Living and loving God, bless your word to us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to look at a PowerPoint called The Centre of the Bible. The Centre of the Bible. What's the shortest chapter in the Bible? Psalm 117. What's the longest chapter in the Bible? Psalm 119. What chapter is in, in the centre of the Bible? Psalm 118. There are 594 chapters before Psalm 118 and there are 594 chapters after Psalm 118. Add those up and you get 1,188. What's the centre verse in the Bible? Psalm 118 and verse 8. The next time someone says they'd like to find God's plan for their lives and that they want to be in the centre of his will, just send them to the centre of the Bible, to the centre of his word. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in human beings, than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in human beings. Now, it's odd the way this worked out. Or was God at the centre of it all? Psalm 118 is central to our faith in God. And some of the songs we've sung this morning have more or less provided the points for my sermon. When we say Lord, we are acknowledging God as the Lord, the Lord of our lives. We are acknowledging him as Yahweh. And Yahweh means I am. So the Lord is the God who is. 
He has no beginning and no end. He just is. His absolute character is steadfast, faithful love, which endures forever. This psalm that Lyle read to us this morning is a psalm of procession. It's a psalm that people sang as they made their way up to the temple. They joyfully made their way to the temple and they're singing uh, this psalm. Just imagine it's like a cheer squad. Is everyone here interested in football? They have cheer squads at football and somebody says something and then everybody comes in on that and they all join in and that's a cheer squad. Well, it was a little bit like that as they processed toward the temple. They joyfully made their way and then someone made a statement and they all joined in. And we're going to try that now. This is Israel. Your name is Israel. You are the priests of Aaron, and you are all the people who fear the Lord. Let's just try it now. Thanks, Steve. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his love endures forever. Let Israel say, His love endures forever. Does that sound like a cheer squad to you? <laughs> his love endures forever. Let's put a bit of life into it. Let Israel say, Let the house of Aaron say, And let all those who fear the Lord say, That's better. His love endures forever. They continue on their way up to the Lord's house and at the entrance one of the priests calls out, Open for me the gates of righteousness. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. And the procession then moves to the altar where there is a priestly greeting. And then finally in verses 27 and 29 it describes the worship accompanying the sacrifice. You are my God and I will give you thanks. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and... That's right. And that's what Psalm 118 is all about, and that's why it's so central to our faith in God. There's an old saying regarding the Old and the New Testament, and it goes like this. The new is in the old contained and the old is in the new explained. And as we look at this psalm today, we will find that if we take the Old Testament verses, we'll find that they're explained in the New Testament. Let's look at verses 5 to 8. If you've got your Bibles, you might like to follow them through. Verse 5 and following. In my anguish I cried to the Lord, and he answered me by setting me free. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can human beings do to me? The Lord is with me. 
He is my helper. Do you remember that Jesus promised a helper, an advocate, someone who would stand alongside of us? The Lord, the Holy Spirit, the risen Jesus is with us. He's our helper. He's within us. He's beside us. He answered me by setting me free. Free from the fears that confront us today. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. There's many fears that confront us today. We collect baggage along the way. We collect inhibitions, lack of confidence, low self-esteem and insecurities. And all these things hinder us from becoming the persons that God wants us to be. They hinder us from loving others in the way Jesus wants us to love others and the way that God calls us to love. They hold us back from using our talents and abilities to their fullest potential. He set me free. I will not be afraid. We don't know what the future holds but I know who holds the future. So I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid of the way our society's values are crumbling, and they're certainly crumbling. He set me free from the fears of the future of the world in which we live with all its wars and terrorism and violence on our back step and all those things that are happening today. He set me free from our fears for those who have lost their way and are seeking to find the answer in money and power and alcohol and drugs and sex. The psalmist says, the Lord is with me. I will not be afraid because it's better to take refuge in God than trust in human beings. We move down to verse 14. The Lord is my strength and my song and he has become my salvation. And also in verse 21, I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. Thanksgiving is one of the marks of a Christian. Thanksgiving and joy are marks of the Christian. This is the third time that Thanksgiving is mentioned in this psalm and will be used two more times. So five times in all, there is Thanksgiving. Are you thankful? Yes. Yes. What are you thankful for? Everything. Any specific things you're thankful for this week? God is in the midst of our lives. I thank God for doctors. I've just had my cataracts done. That's why I have to take my glasses off to read up there, they're out of focus. But I thank God for doctors, for those in the nursing profession, those who look after us, and for the way that God ministers to us his grace every moment of every day. That's thanksgiving. For you answered me, and you have become my salvation. I like the way that's worded. You have become my salvation. 
God so loved the world that he saved us from destroying our lives. He paid the price of our sin. That means he paid the bill. He settled our account. He settled our account for our lack of faith in him. For all the times when we thought we knew what was best. For all our negative thoughts, attitudes, actions and words. And you know, that's a pretty good description of sin. Thoughts, actions, attitudes and words. That sums up the negative and the wrong thoughts, actions and words. That's sin. It just about covers it all. God was in Jesus reconciling the world to himself. The precious sacrifice of his son, Jesus. He became our salvation so that we could live lives as saved persons. We're not just looking at pie in the sky and life in eternity beyond this earth. We're looking at here and now. Jesus has saved us so that we can live as persons who are saved and set free and live by the power of Jesus. The Apostle Paul gives us some clear directions as how to live as saved persons. He says, take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. That's really where sin starts. Up here, in our minds and in our thinking. Then it develops into a wrong attitude or a wrong action or an angry or hurtful word. And we need to short circuit the process before it begins. Short circuit it up here. Take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. Don't let it go any further. And then Paul also gives us some practical positive ways out. So you take that thought and you commit it to Christ to make it obedient to him and then you change the direction of your thinking. And Paul says whatever is true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think on those things. Turn your thoughts to those things. And I find that Paul's advice there works extremely well in the power of Jesus' uh, spirit. Verses 22 to 24, and we sing about this, the stone the builders has rejected has become the capstone. This verse can only find its true fulfilment in Jesus. Jesus was a living stone Rejected by human beings, but chosen by God and precious to him. He is the capstone. He is the corner of our faith, cornerstone of our faith. He is the one, Jesus, the one on whom our faith begins from the uh, depends from the very beginning to the very end. He is our capstone. It's the love of Jesus that compels us because God's love endures forever. That phrase, his love endures forever, occurs five times in Psalm 
118. It, it occurs at least 100 times in the Old Testament alone. His love endures forever. Jesus calls us to love God with our total being, to love God with our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength. That's our total being. That's the way we're to love God. He calls us to love our neighbour as we love ourselves. And he also calls us to love one another. How? As he has loved us. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. That's what Jesus says. He says, those who love me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and my Father and I will come to them and make our home with them. God loves you. You know that? He loves you. Turn to those next to you. If you know their name, call them by name and say, Harry, God loves you. Go on, do that just now. Remind each other that God loves you. And you know, the other exciting thing is that he loves me too. And I'm thankful for that. God loves us all. He desires to live in us. To actually make his home in us. That's the sort of relationship we have with our Heavenly Father. In looking for a way to sum that up, I couldn't find anything better than Helen Steiner Rice's poem, he loves you. It's amazing and incredible, but it's as true as it can be. God loves and understands us all, and that means you and me. His grace is all sufficient for both the young and for the old, for the lonely and the timid, for the brash and for the bold. His love knows no exception. So never feel excluded, no matter who or what you are, your name has been included. And no matter what your past has been, trust God to understand, and no matter what your problem is, just place it in his hand. For in all our unloveliness, this great God loves us still. He loved us before the world began. And what's more, he always will. The Apostle Paul reminds us that there is nothing in all creation that will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We're also told in the Old Testament that those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. You know, it's a fact that the older we get, the slower we become. We have more energy for praying rather than actions. We use our energy more wisely. We look for easier ways of doing things and we don't waste energy. The picture of an eagle soaring as a classic example. They look for an updraft 
and they spread their wings and let the updraft do all the work as it lifts them up. Those who trust in the Lord will renew their strengths and will soar like wings on eagles. Those who trust in the Lord have a confident expectation that God will renew their strength, that he will carry us through, that he will sustain us with his love. God is here in our midst. Right now, he is ministering to each one of us his grace. We are a dwelling place for our Father and Jesus. They have chosen to make their home with us. And each one of us is being renewed in the Spirit right now. Together we are one in the Spirit, a holy temple of love and joy and peace. We are the visible loving, caring body of Christ in the community. In verse 27, the Lord is God and he has made his light to shine upon us. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And then he turned to his disciples and he said, you May our lives be so possessed by Jesus' love that we will find practical ways this week of reaching out with God's love and <coughs> Jesus' love, light to all those we meet. A minister was visiting a man with a terminal illness. The guy was sitting up in bed. After spending some time with him, the minister said, Would you like me to pray with you? And the man replied, I'd sooner have a hug. The minister hugged the man and silently prayed for him. May Jesus give the per us the perception and the sensitivity to see others through his eyes and the courage to reach out and touch others with his light and his love. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and, and his love endures forever. Let's hear it. His love endures forever.